This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out. Brandon Bainey joined by our East Idaho expert and broadcaster slash podcaster extraordinaire, Sean Kane. What's up, Sean? Hey, you know, I mean... I'm not part of the group text, but I, I feel like I'm still part of the team. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, were you going for the title right out of the gate? Is that what you were? I, I've had some time to think about it, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> N- not part of the group text. But still part of the team. But still part <laughs> of the team. <clears throat> uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to expect that every week now moving forward. So. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we've got a lot to get to. So pleasantries aside, welcome into the East Idaho PrepCast. Sean, it was a busy week over in East Idaho with all of these signature events, Peg Peterson Volleyball Tournament, uh, the Rocky Mountain Rumble was taking place on the football side. We've got uh, the first big cross-country competition of the season coming up, so a lot to get to. Let's start with volleyball, Peg Peterson Tournament. It's hosted every year by Highland High School. The big question was, okay, was Highland going to be able to actually host this thing because of the fire that broke out through the high school this past spring? But, um, yeah, no problems there, and it was a great, successful tournament overall. More than 30 teams from Idaho came over to participate. Yeah, uh, 28 teams in total, Yeah, and uh, there was no lack of facilities. They got it, they got it all done, and um, East Idaho did pretty well. I mean – you want me to go ahead and go over those? Because yeah. I got them. Yeah. We'll start with the bronze. They break it up into three categories. They do some pool play, and then you get into the different brackets. And in the bronze bracket, Shelly uh, Russets beat Century Diamondbacks on an all-East Idaho mat- matchup. And then in the silver bracket, we had a uh, Filer over Gooding, which probably two teams pretty familiar with each other. And then in the gold bracket, uh, Canyon Ridge beat Highland. So a very, you know, three out of the six in the finals are from East Idaho. So very good showing from East Idaho and obviously a very good Canyon Ridge team. I, if I remember correctly, Canyon Ridge didn't have a senior on the team maybe last year and brings back everyone. I could be wrong, but I knew that team was going to be strong going in. But very good showings from Highland, Shelley, and Century at the Peg Peterson. 28 teams across Idaho. Um, a great event. Yeah. And Canyon Ridge uh, had lost earlier in the day. And so in true double elimination fashion, once they got to that gold bracket, John, they had to knock off Highland twice, which was very impressive. I thought for the river Hawks. Yeah. Super tough to do, but volleyball is one of those sports where you see it, I think happen more than, you know, any other sport where they, you know, you, if you're, you know, they're just probably playing, you know, they're not playing the full five sets. Right. But, being able to come back and win two after playing all weekend, uh, you know, it's grueling and good preparation for, for what's to come uh, for the season for the, the river Hawks. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. And of course, Skyview is the premier four, a power five, a four, a six, a, I think Skyview is always at the top, right? <laughs> Whatever the classification will be in the next few years, but yeah, uh, Skyview is always good. Twin Falls is typically a pretty strong program right next door to Canyon Ridge as well. So that will be a battle. And also, you know, Wood Rivers had success too. I mean, I don't want to talk about Magic Valley or whatever, but uh, <laughs> they have well, some good teams. 
Yeah, back to East Idaho Volleyball. We did have our statewide volleyball preview. Uh, it's up on our website, idahosports.com, written preview. And then our kind of our volleyball analyst, Lindsay Togiayafuk, uh, sat down with me and we kind of previewed all of the uh, the preseason stuff. Um, you can listen to or watch that uh, wherever you download your podcasts, idahosports.com, YouTube channel, Facebook page as well. And Lindsay was actually uh, taking in some of the action at the Peg Peterson. And she said, Snake River really impressed her as she was watching them play. Um, and then she's really high on Pocatello this year. Poke at pokey high. I know Century's kind of had the run of the conference the past several years, but she's really high on this Pocatello squad. And she said they looked good as well. So yeah. And Pocatello having uh, a changeover in coaching too, I think from last year. So kind of a different look for them. And again, you know, it's always for volleyball and the three team conference. It's always really tough. Um, Preston goes it has good years too um Preston Pokey and Century it's always a battle there and then let's not forget Idaho Falls with you know your premier powers of Bonneville um Idaho Falls and you know Thunder Ridge uh, it can make some moves and then you know Rigby and Madison and Madison's been dominant the past few years I mean East Idaho doesn't lack any holes in the volleyball uh when it comes to competing anywhere yeah, a lot of really good, outstanding uh, volleyball programs in East Idaho, to be sure. And then even at the smaller level, Grace, and you think of like uh, West Side and Milad. And West of course, Side. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about all of those teams as the season goes along. Okay, let's talk about the Rocky Mountain Rumble. But before we get to the Rumble, Sean, the wildest game in football that took place in the state last week had to have been the non-conference showdown between Idaho Falls and Thunder Ridge. This was a game that featured two teams battling at two different stadiums over two different days, Sean. This was insane. So the game originally starts at Thunder Ridge's stadium, and uh, really bad weather blew through East Idaho uh, on Friday night. Did you get it down in Pocatello at all, or was it more Idaho Falls? Um, you know, it was supposed to be clear skies, and then right about, what, 6.30, about when game time, you could see this huge, huge dark cloud coming from, like, the Idaho Falls area. Luckily, I mean, it spit for a second, and then it was sunny. So it was a little windy to start with, but by the time kickoff came, it was it was pleasant. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it, it looked like the footage I saw, you know, like, you, like you're watching a tropical storm coming through Florida or something. I mean, it was just the wind was blowing and rain. And so um, basically, they're, they're playing the game. Idaho Falls has a 14 to 7 lead. And for whatever reason, the weather in uh, where Thunder Ridge is, it's located more on the east end of Idaho Falls, almost into Ammon, basically. Whereas Ravston Stadium, where Idaho Falls plays, is on the southwest part of the city um right as you're coming into town from from pocatello uh so where you had really bad weather here you know not too far across town the weather was good so they decided you know second half hey let's move this to ravston stadium and and so we can finish this game because I, I don't think the weather's going to stop over here anytime soon um so they resume the game uh, like we said, Idaho Falls had a 14 to seven lead. And then, and then the game got really interesting. Idaho Falls scores another time, uh, in the third quarter, Peter Molino scores on a short touchdown run. Tigers are up 21 seven and you're thinking, okay, Idaho Falls is going to hang on. But Thunder Ridge says not so fast. 
fourth quarter. Um, it's a punt return for a touchdown from 37 yards out from Cody Robinson. Idaho Falls is basically punting from their end zone, Sean. Cody Robinson takes it 37 yards for a touchdown. Um, Thunder Ridge gets a stop on defense. Ezra Moss then throws a touchdown pass to Preston McDaniel. Game's tied 21 all late fourth quarter. And now you're thinking, oh man, the Titans have all the momentum. Well, Idaho Falls, after giving up that game time touchdown, they march down the field and score again. It's a, it's Molino again right at the goal line. And with just a minute 10 to play, 28-21, Idaho Falls has the lead. But Thunder Ridge says, okay, we're not done yet either. They go on a game tying drive. Uh, it comes down to basically they're at the six with like three seconds left. Ezra Moss is rolling out as the clock expires, throws to Tanner Scoresby in the end zone. Extra point is good. We go to overtime on basically a play as time expires. Moss with the touchdown pass to Scoresby. So we go to overtime tied 28 all. Tigers get the ball first in overtime. Uh, Bradley Ellison finds Taysen Kirkham for a 10-yard touchdown pass. The extra point was no good. So it's 34-28. And Thunder Ridge is thinking, okay, if we can score and get the PAT, we're walking out of here winners, but uh, Moss, fourth down pass, falls incomplete, and in overtime, and by this point, Sean, we had crossed midnight. <laughs> we were into Saturday morning, uh, and Idaho Falls wins in overtime, 34-28. What a wild game this was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Pretty much, pretty much got it, but yeah, two fields. And then, you know, and overtime couldn't ask for much more, but wow, what a, what a interesting matchup because it would probably, you know, be a conference matchup next year. So <laughs> like a rivalry, right, right there. I mean, it's probably Oreo rivalry, but you got kind of the setting for even more of a rivalry next year um, with what happened this year. Yeah, just nuts. And I'll give a shout out to our media colleague, Eric Moon at KIFI Television in Idaho Falls. He had all the highlights that I was able to watch um, and kind of figure out what happened in this game because I knew it went super late. I just wasn't sure, you know, how how we got to that point. Um, and, and because you got to figure, Sean, you know, he gets done with the, the 10 o'clock news or the 1030 news or whatever. Yeah, He gets done probably around 11 o'clock at night on Friday and he probably hears hey, this game's still going. I should probably head over to Rapston Stadium and sh shoot some footage. So he's putting in the hours after he's already signed off on the broadcast so he can have highlights for the next day. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and just as a fan, you know, checking out the Friday Night Flash, it's just like lightning delay. And then I figured that they just didn't finish the game, but then come to find out they did. You know, you'd, it's hard to keep track of whether or not that game's continuing or not. So pretty interesting stuff. Good job. For the the coverage to put in some ot there for the for the moon <laughs> yeah it was a pretty pretty uh pretty epic set of games there so um yeah let's talk about though the the rocky mountain rumble was kind of the premier showcase event you know it, it took place at madison high school in rexburg once again with one kind of standalone game over at rigby high school rigby kind of had their own game as part of the rumble and they said yeah we'll play it at our field um and so you had, again, kind of mixed results where we know coming in the other teams from other states, especially Utah, tend to do really well because it's their third week of competition. And for some Idaho schools, you know, it's their first game right out of the shoots. But uh, the event started on Friday uh, afternoon with Marsh Valley taking on a team from Canada, Sean, the Raymond Rockets from Alberta. Um, 
Marsh Valley scores early to tie the game at seven, and then they don't score again until way, way, way late. Um, they end up falling by a score of 42 to 14, but it's the Bastion Twins. Corbridge Bastion returns a kickoff for a touchdown for Marsh Valley, um, and then his twin brother Christian Bastion scored a touchdown at the end of the game, but tough way to open for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, tough, but maybe just some good, 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 you know, just being able to get on the field, play a high-quality team from Canada, right? I mean, what's the scouting report on them? <laughs> you know, I mean, probably probably pretty hard. They're probably scrambling to come up with stuff. But, uh, yeah, a tough way to start. But I think Marsh Valley will be all right going forward. Yeah, and, of course, in Canadian rules football, um, receivers can start, you know, 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage and get a running start. Oh. before the ball is snapped so i didn't um, even know that <laughs> that's the, that's something they, they do in the professional leagues and i'll be honest i haven't watched enough high school or or college football in canada to know if that's what they do but um in in the cfl the canadian football yeah the, the receivers can get a running start <laughs> um which is kind of interesting to watch for sure so tough way to open for marsh valley they're all in one better days are ahead um, the next game with an with an East Idaho team was Skyline. They played at five o'clock on Friday night against Layton, Utah. And this is a, a team that's usually pretty competitive, but you know, Skyline looked, I, I think, you know, people assume because Skyline lost so much to graduation that oh, they're gonna be, you know, not as strong this year. And obviously they may not be, but I think they're gonna be just fine because they've they always seem to reload. Uh, Amani Morell, who was playing wide receiver as a freshman in the playoffs last year, caught his only touchdown of the season in like the state semifinals. I'm pretty sure um, he now is running the ball at running back, and he, he had a for big two, day. <laughs> yeah, he was the Idaho Sports.com Player of the Game. 216 yards and two touchdowns. Skyline wins a tight one, 27 to 20. I think the Grizz are going to be just fine, Sean. Yeah, you know they've. You know, you know, they they do what they preach, right? They preach great balance, run and pass, and that's what they do. They they preach they have good guys on the line, offensive and defensively, and that's what they do. They bring back, they always, for whatever defense or offensive lineman they lose, they bring back someone that can fill in those spots. I'm always really impressed with what they do on the on the line, and giving the ability for the running back to make plays, for the quarterback to make plays. So I think Skyline, I think they'll be all right. I they they've they've just got guys that can fill in those spots even even though they've lost a few people i think they'll be just great yeah so skyline looked really good carmine garcia making his first start at quarterback uh 90 yards rushing 95 yards passing there's that balance you were talking about so yeah skyline looked just fine then we got uh the game over at rigby where the trojans were playing lehigh and lehigh is the pioneers they are perennially one of the toughest utah teams highland had to play lehigh last year at the rocky mountain rumble it didn't go well for the rams this game didn't go well for the trojans as lehigh came out and flexed their muscles in a 45 to 13 win and rigby all of a sudden is zero and two and again i think people are going to overreact a little bit and go oh yeah rigby they're done for i think rigby again is going to be just fine and i would expect them to be in the mix for the conference title and a deep playoff run. Um, they've got to get some kinks worked out, especially, I think, on both lines. Um, but I still think Rigby's going to be okay. This was a really good team they played. And Rigby goes and plays another Utah team this week, correct? Yeah. So, they, I mean, they could go 0-3, and, and I would still not be worried about Rigby, is the point I was making. Yeah, Rigby, 
could go 0 and 3 and I think they'll be just fine as far as the conference goes. They'll be competing no problem. Yeah, so this week uh Rigby is going to host uh American Fork, uh the Cavemen of American Fork, which is uh, also a very very good team year in year out uh in the state of Utah. So yeah, they, I mean they could be 0 and 3 and uh, again I'm with you. I I would feel fine about that. Um, the last game on Friday night featured um, Skyline Utah. It's it's getting confusing now because we had Skyline Idaho play earlier. Now it's Skyline Utah playing Highland, and I'm really high on this Rams team. I'll I'll admit, Sean, I voted I was, Highland. Oh, go I was going to get into that because I, and we'll get into it later. I've been doing a little more research in Highland, and when you look at that Highland roster. They are flying way under the radar, in my opinion, like extremely under the radar. They're skilled players are they've got a ton of seniors that are skilled players. And we can talk about later. But, man, I feel like they are Highlands extremely underrated. They bring back a lot of their O-line um, that are, you know, big, big guys that are going to be looking to play after high school. I mean, not just uh, just not. Just not any average O line, but I, I man, when I when I printed off Highlands roster the other day, I'm like, man, I've been talking about these guys for three years, and they were good three years ago, and now they're seniors, and yeah. they're all healthy as of right now. So yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> uh, Drew Hymas, quarterback, college football player. Jackson Riddle, running back, college football player. Kai Callen, kick returner cornerback dabbles on offense he's only a junior probably the best player in his class recruiting wise could be a division one football player here's here's a prop sean let's see if i can this is the ballot i fill out every week oh, okay um, for, for the media poll i write it down on this piece of notebook paper um and then if, it, if something changes I, I write it in the next column over so you can see over here when the season started or maybe not it's kind of blurry yeah. i had high i had highland number three in my first media poll of the year in all of 5A, the two teams ahead of them lost, Rigby and Meridian. I have had Highland number one ever since. Now, I can't get the rest of my media compatriots to vote Highland one, but I think we're looking at a team that could contend and and win the 5A uh, state championship. At, yeah, as of right now, when I, like I said, when I look at that roster, uh, they're just they're crazy good. And then, like you said, Drew Hymas, um, the coaches explain like he's another coach on the field. Like he's so smart. He's telling the other guys and things. And I mean, when you have players like that, when you have coaches saying it's like having another coach on the field, that's as a coach myself, that's like one of the highest honors, not how many touchdowns that your ability to, to get the guys where they need to be and lead the team and help them, man, that's a skill set that other teams should be very uh, scared of. <laughs> <laughs> yes um for sure um so skyline so despite my prop falling flat highland did not fall flat they win 52 to 7 uh to wrap up day one of the rocky mountain rumble then we get into the saturday action it started with sugar salem playing a team from california templeton high no idea what templeton's about but i do know sugar is very talented obviously and the diggers you know put together a nice tidy 28 nothing win uh, they pitched the shutout um look at this jerome bettis stat line for dawson mcinelli who's a fantastic baseball player for the diggers okay. as well uh five carries three touchdowns 
<laughs> uh, 25 yards total. But uh, our broadcasters correctly identified that Carson Harris was the running back that got him down to the goal line. Yeah, uh, he, he had 177 yards, no touchdowns, but he was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. Another win for the Diggers. They're 2-0. and And I can tell you um, what Sugar would be most happy about is that zero on the offense, the other team's side. They love pitching those shutouts. So um, whatever the score is at the end of the day, I know they're happy to be you know, two games into the season and have not allowed any points. So they didn't allow any points against Century and no points against this California team. And I can tell you right now, they're, that's probably what they're really looking at and trying to keep that momentum going, not letting anyone score. Because um, we know they can score, but, you know, posting those shutouts, is that's big-time stuff. Yeah, that's especially against a California school that's coming in um, with a couple games under its belt. Um, yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty darn impressive. Um, okay, let's talk about the last game of the night on Saturday. It was the host from Madison taking on the Wasatch Wasps. Yes, not Wasatch Academy. This is Wasatch Public High School. Um, Madison loses this contest uh, by a final of 34 to 13. Sean, I don't know anything about Wasatch this year, except that they are one and two. They came in 0 and two with losses, uh, of 41 to 24 and 56 to 35. I will tell you, this is going to make Madison fans upset. I think, uh, last year I did all of the Rocky mountain rumble games. And so I'm just speaking from my experience last year, Madison played by far the worst team from Utah in the field. And then that's their right. They're the team that hosts and they can schedule whoever they want to play. They yeah. won last year at the rumble. I'm wondering if Wasatch was maybe a team that they looked at. Oh, and two, they lost two blowouts again. Let's get ourselves a good win here, but it doesn't happen. And so now if you're Madison, you're going, okay, what do we do? Yeah. I mean, Madison was, you know, so close to winning the opening game and against Hawaii, and now you're at 0 and 2. Again, none of them are conference games. I think really the most important thing is they get it together when they start getting into that conference schedule. But yeah, maybe some holes to kind of look at and some things to adjust. But I mean, I I think it's just so hard. I think you can look on paper at these teams from Utah, and some of them we know are going to be good, right? Because of we have some data from the past, but. Maybe that's what they thought and, you know, whatever. But you, no matter what, you've got to go out and play. And uh, Wasatch got out, got after it that day on him on, on, on Saturday. So that's what it is. And you got to just adjust and be ready for conference. Definitely. All right. Two, two games at the 4A level I wanted to highlight here, Sean. Um, the first one was the game you were at broadcasting, Hillcrest taking on Century. Season debut for the Knights. They win 40 to nothing. Um, Hillcrest was picked second in our preseason coaches poll, only behind Skyline in the High Country Conference this year. Uh, what what did you see from Hillcrest in that in that nice win? Uh, I mean, I'll just use what I used on air. Is you know usually the knight is fighting the dragon, right? Well, Matt or Hillcrest is the three headed dragon. Like they've got well, like four headed. They have so many offensive weapons, um, you know, and their and their offensive line was phenomenal and. I just, you know, Hillcrest has got to, you've got to figure out a lot of ways to stop Hillcrest. And, you know, Century's trying to, you know, come up with a program and kind of build and learn. Um, and and Hillcrest, they just have so many just different lessons. Titan Larson is good. Uh, Trayson Keller. Um, Peyton King was just kind of, 
you know, business-like 11 for 15, 133, two touchdowns. And then if that was enough players, let's, let's throw in Isaac Davis. He's just a small little guy, <laughs> right? No, Isaac Davis, the basketball player, BYU commit. He's six, seven. And, you know, for how it, he, you can just tell when he's out on the field, he's number zero. I believe he wears number zero in basketball too. Yes. But, but he is, it's easy to find him. <laughs> and they had him playing a little defensive end and they put him out as like basically a wide receiver and threw him a ball. And like, I, you know, I don't know who covers him in the end zone, just a little whoop up in the air into the corner, pretty hard to cover the the big guy. And so they've just got another dramatic player, um, dynamic player, excuse me, um, with Isaac Davis out there. So uh, Hillcrest has got a lot of weapons. It'll, I, it'll, I would be interested to see their, their defense taking on a little more uh, an opponent that has a few more weapons and see what they could do. But I, I was pretty impressed. They they showed up pretty well. They they showed what the three years of you know com, come you know a lot of these guys have been there running this for three years, and this is kind of you know they're putting up what they've been working for three years. And I was impressed with what they had. Yeah, uh, Hillcrest I think is going to be in for a really excellent season. Uh, I echo all the things that you said because I definitely was paying attention and not texting somebody else. Uh, <laughs> the work, the work here at Idaho sports.com never stops. I'll say that. Uh, the other game I wanted to highlight, I can't remember if I told you I was going to include this on the rundown or not, but this was the game that I said I was most interested to see last week. It was Emmett and Blackfoot. Oh yeah. Mo- mostly because you know, Blackfoot is very young they lost a ton to graduation, but I thought they were going to be better than people thought. They were picked pretty unanimously to finish last in our high country conference uh, preseason coaches poll. But just knowing the program and, and the athletes, I thought they might be okay. Emmett's on the other side, right? Emmett typically second banana. Sometimes they beat Bishop Kelly over there in district three. This game was really close. It came down to a walk-off field goal from Emmett. Emmett wins 33 to 30, but Blackfoot was right there. Um, and Blackfoot was winning most of the game. I think they were ahead most of the game. So yeah. Emmett had to come back. You know, Blackfoot was kind of in control. Emmett had to make some big plays to come back to win this game. So yeah. I mean, so it was, I mean, I was really impressed by Blackfoot. Jaden Rodriguez, 264 yards receiving, three touchdowns as well. Uh, they've got a young quarterback who spun the ball really well. I think Blackfoot's gonna be better than people think. And I, I would be surprised if they took last in the high country conference. I know it's a tough conference, but um, I don't think they're going to finish last. And so that's all I wanted to say there. Um, let's talk about uh, real quick. Let's stop down at the two a Sean, where you had kind of all the big players in two a football. The past several years have been from East Idaho. You know, you think of this big four of West side, Bear Lake, Firth and North Fremont. And then last year, even Aberdeen, was in the semifinals. Yep. So really there's kind of this group of five that uh, have been really tough over the past couple of seasons. And we had some cross cross pollination games taking place. Um, North Fremont defeats Bear Lake 28 to six. I thought this was a good way for North Fremont to start their year. Again, my piece of paper that nobody can see here. Uh, I had Bear Lake one, but North Fremont two in my first poll of the year. I now have North Fremont one after this win again, couldn't get anybody else in the media to vote on my side, but my, my top five looks like this. It's North Fremont one West side two, bear Lake three. So I still got pretty good respect for bear Lake despite the loss. 
Um, but this is a Huskies team that's going to be really good, uh, and I think will contend for the championship this year. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned it last week that you're pretty high on North Fremont, and I still I was still thinking I think we just had some questions about Bear Lake, right? They lost a few players. What's going to come back? But you know, I still think that's a good team um, going forward. You just have so many of these two A teams that reside here in East Idaho that are really, really, really good. But North Fremont is definitely trending up. Yeah, and then you had West Side playing Firth, where this has been a kind of a competitive game the last couple of years. Not so this time. West Side romps forty-eight to six over a young Firth team. Uh, Tyson Moser, one hundred seven yards and a touchdown on the ground, returns a punt for a touchdown. Crusade scores a rushing touchdown. He returns a punt for a touchdown. So for Firth, I'm like, all right, punt coverage needs to be a little tighter. Two different guys took punts back for touchdowns. Um, Firth is going to be interesting to me. I think they're going to get better as the season goes along. Um, I think they'll still be a playoff team, but they do have a lot of youth, um, especially after losing Gage Vasquez at quarterback. Yeah, I think you kind of, you know, West Side was more of on the the youth side kind of the last couple of years. I mean, if you can say that for West Side, but but now the the West Side guys have kind of moved up to kind of where like Bear Lake had their seniors last year, right? And now West Side's kind of moved up a little bit there. These guys have been playing for three years now, and you've got you know, West Side's always really dominant, and their 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 program's always good. And, and Firth lost a few people, so it's you know you kind of see those trends in every you know two to three years, kind of, but. They'll be they'll be fine. I think first Thirst is a, a team that is pretty solid. I just think West Side, I don't know if you can ever say West Side's not being looked at, but they're I think they're a little bit under the radar after you know not winning their 18th title in a row or whatever, but they're they're a team kind of I feel like's under the radar. You've got guys that have been playing for two or three years now and they're kind of coming to uh fruition, I think, um this year. Yeah, uh, it's going to be really interesting. West Side, of course, is going to be very talented um, as the season goes along also. And then I wanted to give a shout out to Aberdeen and American Falls. They played in their annual uh, rivalry game. It was a 12-6 win for Aberdeen, uh, and that was it. American Falls scored on the opening drive of the game. Brock Bailey scores on a one-yard touchdown run. Zach Gregg runs in the two-point conversion. It's 8 nothing American Falls, and they're like, all right, here we go. Didn't score again. Aberdeen gets a Juan Hernandez touchdown before halftime to make it um, eight to six. So American Falls still had the lead. And then in the third quarter, uh, the new quarterback for Aberdeen, Lupe Ortiz, takes a touchdown 50 yards. um, And that's it. 12 to eight was the final score. So Aberdeen wins there. People are going to look at that and go, boy, Aberdeen must not be as good as they were last year. I think it's the opposite. I still think I'm really high on this American Falls team. I really am. And I think they played really well against what is going to be a very good Aberdeen team as well. I feel pretty good about both these teams. Yeah. And, and you know, we've looked at this and it's been kind of uh, lopsided victories for Aberdeen the last few years. And this shows you that it's it's not that way. And it's not because Aberdeen isn't good. Like you said, I think American Falls is kind of coming into their stride right now. And um, I think they're going to be a pretty, pretty good team going forward as well. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun uh, for sure to see how these teams progress as the season moves along. Let's preview what's coming up this uh, Thursday and Friday on IdahoSports.com. Sean on uh, East Idaho and Gate City Game Night. 
It starts on Thursday, Sean. You've got a Thursday night clash at Lookout Field, uh, home of the Pocatillo Thunder, but for a couple weeks anyways, home to the Highland Rams as well as the uh, turf at Iron Horse Stadium where Highland plays is, isn't quite finished yet. Um, so we've got a Thursday night game, Skyline and Highland. I am insanely jealous that you get to be on the call for this matchup. Yeah, I've, I'm super excited. I, I think you, like I said a little bit ago, I was, was kind of not really thinking about it. And then I looked at that Highland roster, you know, Ridge Barrera, they just, they just, they just have so many players, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. And, and then talking to Highland, um, the, you know, they're just, they, they've been kind of on an adventure this year and I'll probably talk more about the broadcast, but you know, maybe we'll play here because they were originally, they were looking to play at the mini dome, but ISU says, no, 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 no. We want to be the first people to play there, so, which kind of makes sense, right? Their football team wants to be the first ones to take the, the field at the new, uh revamped Holt Arena but um yeah I think they're just excited to play I think they're excited to take on a Skyline team that beat them last year right Skyline beat um uh won the matchup last year so it'll be interesting to see um what this Highland can do against a, a you know a different kind of looking Skyline team but I think it's going to be a just a phenomenal game you just got you got two really good coaches you've got great skilled players uh i think it's just going to be a phenomenal matchup tomorrow and i'm just uh i'm just glad i get to be there (laughs) yeah skyline won last year 29 to 21 so pretty close game um is that really they couldn't play at holt arena because i idaho state said they wanted their home opener for football to be the first uh, event i can't i can't say that for sure but two or three sources have indicated that to me (laughs) <laughs> whatever <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't turn away I'm, the money you would make on on the rent uh for having well, two teams play in there but well you know well, skyline loves to play in the mini dome they've traditionally yeah. if they've had the choice to pick where they play their playoff game they've went to the mini dome so there's no there's they would play there i know that for a fact and and highland obviously would would play there and both teams travel well you'd get a ton of people um there's there's nothing else really going on uh, Thursday football wise. Right. So it would be a great, uh, a, a great ticket. I think you'd get a lot of people there, but you know, whatever, that's fine. I, you know, t- you know, Highlands like whatever, you know, we don't, we don't really have a school. We don't really have a field. We'll play wherever, you know, come on. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, they're all about just playing. So um, it'll be fun. And, you know, lookout is not also not a, a terrible place to play a game, but obviously if you're a, a home team and you're, you're you know you want to play them at home when you get your opportunity on your switch but you know i think it'll be fine <laughs> oh he didn't like it either but yeah okay quit quit <laughs> i my think my dog my dog heard some thunder outside i think <laughs> oh, okay well yeah i think i think they'll be fine and it'll just be a great game overall yeah lay down lay down bells you're fine okay uh yeah let's uh talk about also lookout field Two nights in a row. We got the Thursday night showdown, Skyline Highland. Friday night, Gate City game night from Lookout Field. Pocatello going to host Ridgeview. Ridgeview, I'll admit, Sean, they're not good. Uh, Pocatello should have an easy time here. A chance for the Thunder, too. They played really uh, well last week. They played at Maverick Stadium, uh, home mm-hmm. of the Utah State Aggies. Got a tough uh, 16-9 to win there. 
Um, this should be a good opener for the hometown fans. Yeah, you know the word on the word on the street is Thunder. The Pocatello Thunder have one of the best rosters in 4A, yeah. defensively, offensively. They just have a great, you just just top to bottom roster. And yeah, like like you're saying, I don't know if Ridgeview is going to be the the is probably not going to be the team to um, beat them. But you know, just a couple things. You know, Carson Christensen came up with a huge interception in that game last week. And then one thing I always like to bring up is you have uh, Garrett Keller knocks down a field goal. And I think a lot of people forget that Keller's been kicking for a while. He's a really great kicker um, in the Southeast Idaho area. And that's a huge weapon when you're in those close games. Um, I don't think that will be the case Friday, but when you get later on the season, uh, the Thunder have just every, every little kind of spot, they've got someone who's done it for a while and it's a great roster and it'll be really interesting to see what, how their season kind of unfolds as we get through it. Yeah, Pocatello beat the Mountain Crest Mustangs from Hiram, Utah, sixteen to nine last week. You mentioned Garrett Keller. It was no, it wasn't a cheapie. It was a thirty-five yard field goal that Keller knocked through. Reichen Echohawk had a big game on the ground. Drake Contreras is back at quarterback doing his dual threat thing. They've got Julian Bowie. They've got Alex Wynn. They've got Hunter May back out at wide receiver. And then the defense, you mentioned it with Carson Christensen and Devin Rodriguez anchoring that linebacker core. Yeah, Pokey's going to be really good this year. They were referring to my paper again here. Number three in my media poll this week. And I think that's where they ended up overall as well. They're going to be really outstanding. Um, also, uh, East Idaho game night, Friday night, another 4A matchup. Idaho Falls is going to host Twin Falls. This is going to be an interesting game, uh, Sean, where Idaho Falls is 1-0. and They got that crazy win last week. Twin Falls is the favorite coming from District 4 this year. They're 1-0, had a lopsided win to open their season. This might tell us, okay, where does... East Idaho versus the Magic Valley stand. If this is their absolute best, taking on an Idaho Falls team that just missed out on the playoffs last year, you know, how good is East Idaho again? This will be an interesting one to gauge. We can kind of see where it falls. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and you got it, you kind of kind of think um for Idaho Falls, these games could be very important in gathering one of those spots, right? you're not getting a win a comparable win or whatever at the start of season when you've got it becomes thin tight at the bottom of of that 4a bracket of who makes that last spot so it's non-conference but i think big picture these games become very important for getting in to the playoffs at the end of the year yeah idaho falls doesn't want to miss out on the playoffs again uh they would have gotten in last year if it was just max preps let's take the 16 best teams idaho falls was among that but because District four, which is who they're playing, uh, because they got three auto bids, uh, a really uh, not great team stole that last spot from them, essentially. Um, and so that's the way it went. Uh, so they want to take care of business on the field this year and leave no doubt that they belong in the playoff field. Uh, the final game we've got involving an East Idaho game. These are all games on IdahoSports.com. You can, to watch these, you can click on the game streams tab at the top of the homepage on idahosports.com uh eight man football sean we've got the north gym cowboys traveling to hagerman uh to the magic valley uh friday night for an eight man showdown north gym lost uh, a back and forth season opener with castle ford which was a 1a d2 semi-finalist last year hagerman meanwhile won a back and forth affair so 
there's no secret with North Gem. They're going to line up and run the ball. Um, I've heard numbers are not huge at North Gem this year, which makes sense because Bancroft is a small community. Um, but they're walking that tightrope of having just enough healthy bodies to play. Yeah, and and that was a game you said you mentioned you were interested in seeing was Castleford versus North Gem. So, I mean, 42 to 20. It's You know, the scores in the eight-man football are, I kind of always think, a little misleading because sometimes you might think that's a blowout. But unless you actually see those games, it's I think sometimes they're a little misleading. So um, that, that should be a phenomenal game as well. Yeah, should be a lot of fun to see. That'll be on idahosports.com as well. All right, and finally, I wanted to wrap up with a preview of the first big cross-country event of the season. Sean, it's the annual Cardinal Classic uh, being held in Soda Springs on Saturday. Um, This has got a a kind of a punishing hill, you know, about a third of the way through the course. Um, Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, This is a great kickoff event for all of our East Idaho cross-country teams. Boise High is coming over to make the trip, which is really saying something. Yeah, there's um, right now there's 39 teams listed and 20 of them are East Idaho. But you you do have like Bear River. I'm guessing that's Utah, uh, Boise. um, You have Green River. Green River is Wyoming, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you have teams from all over. Um, but 20 of them are from East Idaho and it should, it should be a really good event. Ironically enough, as I was leaving school today, I saw our our centuries uh, cross country coach, Todd Newman. And I was just, I'm like, it's the Cardinal classic this weekend. He's like, how'd you know that? And I'm like, well, well, Todd, I do this little thing called a podcast on every week. He's like, really guys talk about cross country. I'm like, absolutely. Uh, if you ever have any stories about anything, not just about wins, just any interesting story about our athletes in East Idaho, please let me know. And and I really liked what he said. He said, we're going to go ahead and try to make some stories for you this weekend. So I kind of like that. I like that that uh, that that kind of uh, we're going to try to make some stories. But um, yeah, he's real excited. He said, you know, you got to kind of watch out for obviously we know this uh, Skyline Girls, Preston Girls, always at the top there. Um boys boys might be interesting now having boise i think kind of changes that up but uh out of the top 10 finishers uh five or six were seniors of boys so you, you might have a whole new mix up at the top um for boys so kind of interesting stuff coming up uh at the cardinal classic 39 teams high school yeah it's it's awesome uh boise high uh, traveling over from uh, West Idaho, we talked about they've got their their girls cross country team is phenomenal. Obviously, we'll see if everybody runs or not. Jackson, Wyoming, a team is you want to keep an eye on. They usually do pretty well on the Wyoming side of things. And Idaho Falls boys, um, yep. obviously, um, big story there with them is Luke Athey is back running this year after missing all of last season with injuries. He won state as a sophomore, missed his junior year back for his senior campaign. Um, and Marlo Herford had a great uh, write-up and mention of that in our statewide cross-country preview, which is on our homepage at idahosports.com. So good luck to all the, the runners that are competing this week at the uh, Kelly uh, Ski Trails, um, Ke- the Kelly Park Ski Trails. That's where this uh, Cardinal Classic is held down there in Soda Springs. 
All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for the East Idaho Prepcast on idahosports.com. Sean, have fun at your game Thursday night. People are probably listening to this on Thursday morning or afternoon, so you can tune in again. Highland and Skyline football Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. I mean, uh, on IdahoSports.com. It's way. It's going to be way better than whatever is on Thursday night. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's. Free, I'm there. So. I'm there. It's free. It's <laughs> it's not a matchup, you know, that you don't want. It's you know, you got a perennial four A team Skyline looking for a four P right, a four P unheard of, and then you've got Highland, which I think is just. I don't think you can say Highland flies on the radar. They make the playoffs. They make runs every year. But I really think, as far as years go, people are not giving Highland the credit they deserve right now with what that team has on it and the way they 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 should be able to play with everyone there. Um, so, I mean, it should just be a good game. <laughs> yeah, and and again, we need to wrap up. But Highland last year they beat Rigby. They won the conference. They were set up for a deep playoff run, and I think they could have gotten there. They stubbed their toe against Mountain View in in their playoff opener. They had the lead until a fumble, and Mountain View scored with like you know seconds remaining on the clock. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I think Highland goes on a very deep run last year in the playoffs, and because they didn't, I think they're not in people's minds yet, but they will be soon. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun for sure. All right. Thanks for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast, everybody. For Sean Kane. I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.